0: Less and move, amen. But I tell you, we we, we, we've got to understand we don't just haphazardly serve God. And we don't haphazardly pray. (laughs) And we should not haphazardly study the word or read the word. It should be with purpose and it should be with diligence. And it should be because we're receiving food from that Word. And also when we're praying, the Bible said, be fervent in your spirit. And pray fervently. I I tell you what, I think we just need to get to that point where we can be fervent again. Amen. Fervent in our worship. Fervent in in uh, testimony. Fervent in singing. Fervent in receiving. Praise God. And just be excited about what God's doing. But we've been dealing with the subject and God gave this to me, and uh, actually, I, I just it, it's just coming alive in my spirit, because I call it the root system of faith. And you, you know we've got to get tapped into God's what we've got to get tapped into. Um, we got to get Somebody said, you've got to get tapped into church. Well, that's good. We need to get tapped into church, but you've got to get tapped into God. A lot of people get tapped into church itself, quote, but they're not tapped into God. You gotta have that relationship. You gotta have that personal relationship with the Lord. You gotta have that personal encounter with God and that personal experience with the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's all, listen, this is a personal thing. Amen. Now, thank God we can gather together. Thank we can come together as one and worship God together, and agree together, and and pray in agreement together, and believe God to do supernatural things. But we've got to get this root system down deep, especially in this time we're living in. If we don't get a deep root system, I tell you the storms can come and just yank you right up, and 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 knock the. Uh, The pillars out from under you, so to speak. And, but we're going to have to have some stability in our lives. And this comes from a root system, knowing who God is. And I want to read a scripture in Psalms 1 verses 1 through 3. It's kind of a key verse that we've been using. But blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful. There's three, there's three things there. Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. I want to tell you something. Some people are so confused in their thinking, religious thinking, I should say, because they don't even know what they believe because they go here, they go there, and they go there, and then they come over here and they do that. You've got to get established. You've got to get established. Our faith needs to be established in the Word. In the Word, but blessed is the man. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. Not just when you're in a crisis. Not just when you need a healing. Not just when you got something special you got to pray for. But it said day and night he meditates in the law of the Lord. Do you know what? If you do it day and night... Meditate in the Word of God. Then when the crisis does come up, you're going to be able to dig down deep and reach down deep and pull up some nuggets that God's given you through that time. And look what it says. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper and be blessed and be fruitful because he is... He's he's he is grafted in to the life of God here and that root system. Now, we found out earlier in the beginning, you know, the the primary root is called the tap root. How many knows the tap root in a tree is necessary? And it is important if you don't have that tap root that then you're not going to have a healthy tree. That tap root is the one that produces the, the, the life to the rest of the uh, of the roots and the branches throughout that tree. You see these giant oak trees, you know what? There's one giant (laughs) taproot that's right in the center of that thing. And that taproot is the one that goes down deep. And that taproot is the one that gets the moisture. That taproot is the one that really brings in that. How many's ever seen people out there just watering the outside of the branches and the, and the things? But you know what you gotta do? You gotta get it soaked around the root system because there's a taproot there. And that taproot is going to lap up that good water. And it's going to produce health to the other little branches and the smaller leaves and different things like that. But the taproot of faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's what the Bible says. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, somebody says, I don't... uh, I, I had people through the years, you know, they say, Well, Brother Clarence, you preach on faith all the time. I said, Yeah, because it's important. I I've got to encourage your faith. I've got to help develop your faith. I've got to I've got to help strengthen your faith. And 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 get you to a point to where the revelation I've had people sit in my services for months and months and months and months, and you wonder if they're getting anything, Sister Francis. <laughs> but all of a sudden their eyes light up and they see it and they begin to live it. And they begin to see the fruit of it and the results of it because that taproot of their faith. See, each one of us have a taproot in us. We got it's called faith, and we've got to get that faith rooted. Our faith cannot be in what you feel, what you see, and what others say about it. The the, the taproot of faith is based and it's it's in it's, it's in the Word of God. It's in him. Amen. So the discovery of the believer who receives the revelation of the source of their life becomes a turning point. It it becomes a turning point in their walk in the Lord when you begin to understand it. The old song, I I heard this old song, it kept going through me. Without him, I could do nothing. Without him, I'd surely fail. Oh, without him, I would be drifting like a ship without a sail. And that's what it is. It's without him. But the taproot of the believer's survival is that taproot of faith. We don't have to be like a ship without a sail. We, we don't have to be like somebody that don't know what joy is. We have the joy of the Lord. The joy, See, the joy of the Lord is not just laughing. We're going to laugh when we're happy. But the joy of the Lord is something that's deep. And that joy brings that inner peace. And that, that, that serenity of the Lord in your life when you've got that taproot in and you got the peace of God and the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. But it comes through that taproot of faith. Because what does the Bible say? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It didn't say rejoice when things are going good. It didn't say rejoice when you feel good. It didn't rejoice when all your prayers are manifested that, that you've been asking for. That, that's not what it says. He said rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. We got, listen, we've got to have a rejoiceful spirit. I've got prayers that I haven't got a manifested answer for yet. Do you? I think every one of us would have to say that. We've probably all got some prayers, we don't, but you know what? It's not going to sap my joy because I got my tap root of faith in there, and I'm going to have the joy of the Lord, which is my strength. God's joy—that joy is our strength. That joy is life and vitality to us. Amen. But the tap root—it uh, brings life to our relationship with the Lord. But what good's relationship without the bonding of intimacy with it? See, what's, what good is a relationship without intimacy? Husbands and wives can have a relationship, husband and wife, but many people are not intimate. There's no intimacy there. Now, when I say intimacy, I'm not talking about in the sexual side of it. I'm talking about intimacy of just being able to just feel the love between one another. Amen. I You know, I go up to Pat sometimes just put my arm around and say, I love you. And she does that to me a whole lot of times. I don't know if I need extra encouragement or not, but you know, but but I, I sure soak it up. Amen. But listen, but what good's a relationship without the intimacy uh and and the bonding of intimacy that's needed for spiritual growth? See, what good is just going to church if you're not if you're not bonded in? Amen. Church itself is not the answer. Jesus is the answer. Church is only a vehicle that we can bring the presence of God in a building. And people can come in and sense the power of God and the anointing of God and, and receive what God wants them to have. But it's not in the building. It's in the building, the body of Christ. The, we are the church. The body of Christ is the building. Is a building, but thank God for a building, because we can we can offer that building and sanctify it to the Lord and give it to the Lord for the presence of God to dwell and be here and be here. But guess who brings the presence of God in? Every one of us. We bring the presence of the Lord in. You can either bring the presence of God or you can bring the presence of the other one, the devil. Amen? Oh, listen, I've had people squirm and get mad at me. And, you know, you know it's not God. But you know what? That's okay. It's not going to shake my relationship with the Lord. Because i got my taproot of faith in. God's taproot of faith, I tell you what, we, we've got it in there and we're going to go through. Amen? But it's more than a mere relationship. It's becoming one with Jesus. We've got to become one with the Lord. It's revelation becoming reality. See, if you, you you can hear about healing. I heard somebody say one time, I want to go where they preach healing all the time. And I, I, we were having morning Bible studies in my first church I pastored. And we were having it once a week morning sessions. And uh, and one lady came up to me and said, Brother Clarence, uh, I, I wish you'd preach more on healing. I said, are you sick? Well, No. I said, well, why do you want preaching on healing for? Well, I just like preaching on healing. I said, well, what about the other things like consecration and, and dedication and obedience? and? Uh, <laughs> Some people just want to hear what they want to hear. And healing is very important. Teaching on healing is very important, and we need to encourage people that need healing. I'm not saying that. How many understands what I'm saying tonight? We we gotta do that. But it's 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 revelation becoming reality. And we've got to have what God wants. Now we have to have an established relationship with the Lord. And the believer needs to know the integrity of this word. This word is truth. This word listen, I tell you what, you need to covet this word. This word is God talking to you. It's God speaking to you. And did you know God will give you something that other people won't get? Just because you're hooked in and you're grafted in, your tap root is down, and God's going to give you something out of this Word. This Word, you should be able to get something out of this Word every day. Every day. You know, some people say, well, I've read the Bible through 110 times. Well, but, but sometimes it don't show. They may have just read it. But you see, when you get in this, this is food, it's spiritual food, and it should be nutrients to our spirit man, and you should see spiritual growth and maturity in a person and see what's going on in their lives. But we need to know the integrity of the Word. This Word is a revelation of God to us. Everybody say, this Word is a revelation of God to me. Somebody said, I wish God would talk to me. Open this book. Amen? Open the Bible. God will talk to you. God will talk to you otherwise, too. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, this is His Word. God will reveal His truths and revelation to us as we dig into the Word. And so we've got to know the actual reality of the redemption in Christ. We've got to actually know what He's done for us. Uh, You know, some people know He died and was hung on the cross, and according to the to the, to the Bible, according to the preaching on Easter time, he rose from the dead. How many understand what I'm saying? We, we hear good stories, but revelation of that's got to come alive in our hearts. When he come up out of that grave, the devil was finished. It was done. And Jesus won the victory. And that victory is every human being's if they will accept what Jesus did for them. Regardless of what nation they're in, regardless of what denomination they're in. Listen, there's people in Pentecostal denominations that don't even know the truth. That's sad, but it's true. There's some people that's in what we call, quote, dead denominations. Well, I tell you what, some of them got more life than some Pentecostals. Because, you see, Pentecostals, if they don't feel something, they don't have anything. But what does the Bible say? We walk by faith and not by sight. Now, that's the truth. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't go out here and say, Brother Clarence, don't want no shouting. Oh, listen, <laughs> I'll shout with you. Amen. I don't say that I don't want it. I want people to be free to worship God and to glorify the Lord and express themselves to God. Now, you know, some people's personality is not just boisterous. Some people are quiet. So when that happens, God honors that person. He's looking at the heart. He's looking at the heart of the individual. But we got to know the actual redemption is not just a doctrine or a philosophy, but it's it's uh, actual redemption out of the authority of the devil. We've been we've been snatched out of the powers of darkness. Hallelujah! We've been redeemed, and it's necessary to know the reality of the new creation, and and we got to know the legal side of it that we were created in Christ Jesus. See that—that's the legal side of it. But then we also have to get that vital side of it, where it's ours. See, you can you can know the legal side of it. I, I've, I've had professors in 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 Bible teaching in colleges. They had the knowledge, but they didn't have the spirit. What when I when I say the spirit, they didn't have the true revelation of it. All they had was facts. But see. What you, you can read facts all day long, but when that fact becomes a living reality in your heart, do you remember when you first got saved, it became a fact. <laughs> when you received the power of God, it became a fact. So when we received healing sometimes, we, it, it, we received it as a fact. Jesus paid the price for my healing, and we reach out and get it. And God has done it, and he's done it for many, many people. But we got to know the omnipotent power of God. Look at Ephesians 1. And I'm going to read these scriptures. There's quite a few here, but I want to read them real quick. Therefore, I also, this is Paul talking, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. I like the way Paul used those adjectives when he wrote. He didn't just say, and to know what the greatness of the power of God is. He said to know what is the exceeding greatness, power of the Lord toward us who believe. How many is a believer tonight? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, every name that's named not only in this age but also in that which is to come, and he put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now we read a lot of scripture there, but I tell you what, Paul had a revelation, and Paul knew what he was talking about. But I tell you what, the devil, <laughs> God raised him from the dead, seated at his own right hand, far above all principality. There is no demon power greater than God. There is no political party greater than God. There is no atheistic institution that's greater than God. I mean, God is greater. He is the great one. Can you say, Amen? And God has given it to us. Now, what does omnipotence mean when we talk about the omnipotence of God? This is what Webster's Dictionary says. It's the quality of having unlimited power or very great power. That's what omnipotent means in Webster's. It's meaning the quality of having unlimited power or very great power. The Bible said by God's omnipotence. The earth and the heavens were created. It was by the power of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, Psalms 33, 6. David put it this way. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. is that how it was? Let there be. That's all God did. Let there be. And there was. When it came to man, he took a little more time. He took the dirt and formed a little a body out of it, and, and laid it there on the ground and breathed a breath of life into it. Hallelujah. Adam and Eve were created to live forever. They really were. They were created to live forever. But sin came, and that's when death came. But Paul expresses the fact of the greatness of his power toward the believer. Look at uh, Ephesians 17 through 21. And uh, uh, we, we we read part of this a while ago, but may I give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation In the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened. How many needs to have our eyes enlightened? Our eyes of understanding, our spiritual eyesight. That you may know what is the hope of his calling, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, power, and might, and dominion, and every name that's named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. That's the power of God. That's the power of God. God cannot and does not lie. God cannot lie. And God does not lie. It's impossible for God to lie. Because God is truth. That's what the Scriptures declare. God is truth. So God wants us to know that, uh, He, you know... He 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 doesn't lie. Hebrews six seventeen eighteen 18 says, Thus God determined to show more, more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, that we might have strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. And God will do far above anything that we even ask or think. Anything. God honors our faith. He's waiting on us to allow his power to work. Did you know God's waiting on us sometimes? I've had people say, I don't know what God's waiting on. He's waiting on us. <laughs> we don't like to think of it that way, but God's waiting on us. He's done his part. And God can do it far above all that we ask or think. And we just need to know that he's there. Now, look, Ephesians 3. I'm reading a lot of scriptures here, but Paul had a lot to say in the book of Ephesians. That's six chapters, but that's a powerful book. Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. I got that underlined. Ask or think. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. So, listen. God's powerful. At, at the breath of God and his life-giving word, it brings the forth the fruit. Just the breath of God. I tell you what. I don't know about you, but... I've been in services where literally a wind blew through there. What was that? That was just God saying, Hallelujah. His breath is powerful. God is all powerful. God wants us to know nothing's too hard. Behold, I'm the Lord God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? No, no, no. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew 19, 26, he was talking to them, with men it's impossible, but with God, he he makes everything possible. Jesus said, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. All things are possible. And what God does, I I want to say this emphatically, what God does, no man can reverse it. If God's done something special in your life, there ain't no man that can reverse it. You know, I'm sure there's some people who come say, "Well, uh, sister, uh, you just kind of got excited the other night, and don't, 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 don't be upset now when the feeling dies down and and, and you, you don't have that joy." You ever had people talk to you like that? But you know what? What God wants us to do, what God says. <laughs> He'll do it. With God, all things are possible. Let God speak. Let God be God. Can you say amen? amen. <laughs> and listen, the root of fellowship is the very mother of faith. I've had people tell me they said, Brother Clarence, I have a hard time keeping my faith level up. And when I say faith level, I'm not talking about believing for jet planes or. Our big motorhomes, uh, you know, that, that's, those are just things. But I'm talking about the faith level. See, we need the faith level up so we can live with joy and the peace of God and be satisfied with what God's given us. Satisfied. He's more than enough. Praise God. It doesn't matter whether you see it or don't see it. God is God and He's still for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Amen. So we need to understand that, and and this fellowship is is the very mother of faith. Now the, now the definition of fellowship is this: is koinonia. Uh, well, I'm I'm gonna I'm spell it for you: K O I N O N I A. Koinonia <laughs> Konania, is that right? Koinonia, and it means uh, that's fellowship. Means partnership, participation, communication, to commune. This is what the fellowship is. It's it's partnership, participation, communication. And fellowship involves commitment. Commitment. Now, you know what happens. Churches, we need need people that want to come to church. But let's come to church to be part of fellowship. And fellowship is more than ice cream and cake. Amen. Fellowship is participating together, praising God together, worshiping God together and doing what God's called. So we need to have that commitment and it requires committing to the purpose and the will of God. It's an equal exchange when you get into this fellowship with the Lord. It's an equal exchange. And in the covenant ritual, uh, Abraham and God, David and Jonathan. You, you can study that in, in the Bible there where David and Jonathan cut covenant, made covenant. And they had a covenant ritual together. And uh, because of that covenant, Jonathan's uh, son was, was spared because of the covenant relationship between him and David. Jonathan died in battle. But you know what David did? Is there anybody in the household of Saul in the household of Saul. And they had found Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was crippled. But David brought him to the king's palace. And set him a place at the table. And every time they had dinner. Breakfast. Lunch. He had his place at the table. Because that was covenant. Relationship. And I want to tell you something. God has made a covenant with us. Abraham and God cut covenant together. That was the first blood covenant that actually happened it was between Abraham and the Lord. And that was the blood covenant that God did with him and and God walked amongst the carcasses that night and and, and the blood covenant ritual with with Abraham his name was changed from Abram to Abraham, Sarah was changed to Sarah. And I tell you God began to do what he said he would do and God used Abraham to be the father of the faithful. I went to Israel in 1980, and I'll tell you what, over at Abraham's grave, there in Hebron, and Hebron is there, it's still part of the Muslim area, but Hebron is there, but that's where Abraham is buried, but you know what? They all claim Father Abraham, because he is the father of both sides. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you what, God's going to get a hold of some of these people. God's getting a hold of them now. There's things happening in the Muslim faith that things are taking place. But believers are required to do their part in a relationship. Marriage covenant's the same. Both spouses are to be given an equal exchange. You know, if you're going to have a good covenant relationship, it's not what's mine and mine and what's yours is yours. What's mine is mine, what's yours is yours. No. Some say it this way, what's mine is mine, what's yours is mine. No, it's a, it, uh, We're required to do our part in the relationship. We're, we're required to do our part in the relationship with God. What's His is ours, but you know what? Also, God says, "What's yours is mine too." And you know, we don't want that part. See, a lot of times we don't want to go that deep with the Lord. But I tell you what, if you're going to have a good relationship with God and a covenant relationship that God has placed us in, we're going to say, Lord, what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. Lord, we don't have much to offer. (laughs) What can you offer the Creator? But you know what God says? You just offer what you got. And God will give you all of Him. Amen? And that's what it is. But you got that root uh, of faith here, and it's the root of fellowship. But there's also that root of obedience. Obedience is the key to fellowship. We got to do the will of God cheerfully, and we got to do it willfully when God tells you to do something. You got to do it willfully and cheerfully. Uh, you know, it, it's the will of God to come to church. Because the Bible said, forsake not to of yourselves together as a matter of somehow, but even as you see the day approaching, to do it more. Amen? So, that's part of fellowship. Hallelujah? So, we've we got to be obedient to God and do it cheerfully unto the Lord. And uh, let God, that's the root, the root of, uh, of obedience, it's a key to fellowship. Obeying God is a big key to fellowship with the Lord. Being obedient to the Lord. Doing the will of God willfully and cheerfully. What did he say in 1 John 1 and 3? What we've seen and heard we rec- proclaim to you also so that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ. So we, we gotta, we, we gotta understand we gotta do it willfully and cheerfully unto the Lord. Obedience doesn't come until you understand the truth. Truth precedes obedience. See, when you get the truth, You obey. How many knows when you got saved, you had to get the truth first? Revelation truth. The gospel truth. You had to receive it. And then when you did it, you're you're, going to say, Lord, thank you. And you're going to get into that fellowship with the Lord over that because of the truth of the Lord. Um, Obedience, truth precedes obedience all the time. And the obedience is that's required of you is the understanding of who you are. We've got to understand who we are. Understand who God is, but understand who we are. See, when we've come to the Lord, and we're not just another name on the roll of a church, we're a member of the body of Christ. We, we become a member of the body of Christ. It's a living organism, this body of Christ is. And when we do that, and what God's uh, we we got to understand who we are, uh, who we are. Understand who you are. You know, that's one of the questions that in school they started asking kids in school. Who are you? I remember the first time that happened. I uh, was in junior high, I think. And they, who are you? Some of them said, "Well, my name is David Bartholomew," or some other weird names, you know. Of course, I had a weird name too, Clarence Dalrymple. <laughs> but you know, but we got to understand who we are and we got to understand what God's done through Christ for us. We've got to understand that and we got to choose to stay faithful and walk in faith in spite of the circumstances. We, we got to, we got to determine this in our own life. We've got to determine I'm going to do what God says I'm going to do. I'm going to obey God regardless. I'm not obeying God to please people, I'm obeying God to please God. In obedience to Him. You know what part of that obedience is? Forgive. Hallelujah. That's hard sometimes. Forgive. You don't know what they did to me. Right, let me you got about an hour or two, let me tell you what all they said. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> But you've got to choose to stay faithful, walk in spite of all the circumstances. The Bible said Enoch in Genesis five twenty-two through 24. Enoch walked with God 300 years after he became the father of Methuselah and he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and he was not because God took him. Hallelujah. Somebody said, I don't know how that happened. Well, God's supernatural. How's the dead in Christ going to rise? Supernaturally. How are we going to rise? Supernaturally. When all that time comes. Amen. But Enoch walked with God and was not because God took him. Now, disobedience keeps you out of the will of God. We're still talking about the root system of faith here. Disobedience is rebelling and not a doer of the word. Now listen, rebellion is not just going out here and pulling the drunk every other week. That could be rebellion. But that's not what, that's not what most people's rebellion is. Rebellion is just refusing to have joy. Nobody knows what I'm going through, preacher. And I refuse to let you, let you think you can make me laugh. Well, we're not trying to make you laugh. We're trying to get you to have some joy. Do you know it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile? No wonder people are tired. Oh, Lord, I'm just worn out. They hadn't smiled. Hallelujah. But disobedience is rebelling and not a doer of the word. Not everyone, the Bible said in Matthew 7, who says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does, who does the will of the Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. That's what Jesus was talking to them about. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man. Who built his house on the rock? And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. I want to be like the one on the rock. Amen. Both heard the word. Both heard the word. Listen, how many people in church, everybody's heard the word? But only one of these two was a doer of the word. Not everybody is a doer of the word. Not everybody's acting upon the word. Not everybody's believing it to where it it becomes part of their lifestyle. And the fruit of disobedience is defeat. That's what the fruit of disobedience is, is being defeated and a lack of blessings the limbs don't produce leaves or fruit without that taproot of faith in there. Amen? I don't want no dead leaves on my tree. This disobedience is a result of not submitting to the Word. we got to submit to the Word. What if I got up here one night? I had one preacher friend of mine. He got up one night in service, and he was a great preacher. I mean, boy, he could... He got, he's got, oh Lord, mercy, I don't know how many books he got out there, but he got a bunch of them. And he, great teacher of the word. He got there one night and he said, I'm going to preach. And it's only going to be three words, four words. And he said, rejoice in the Lord. And everybody looked at it. And he just went around going down the way in front of people and just said, rejoice in the Lord. Some of them would say, What's he doing? He went on the other side, Rejoice in the Lord! Rejoice, that's all he did. The whole service, an hour sermon, rejoice. And, and finally, some of them, they couldn't stand it no longer, and they just started bellowing out laughing. And you know what happened? When all of that happened, now there's some of them that still didn't do it, they got mad and walked out. But the ones that started laughing and rejoicing, the Spirit of God began to move. And then God did some healings and miracles in the service. And God did some great things that happened that night. Because, you see, you know, some people just don't want to, they just want to disobey. I just want to hear what I want to hear. Preacher, just preach what I want to hear. I don't want to hear this faith stuff. That's okay. We need it, or I wouldn't be preaching it. Hallelujah. <laughs> a lot of them are going to say, Lord, didn't we do this in your name, cast out devils in your name, done many wonders, and then I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. Amen. Depart from me. I never knew you. <laughs> because we, we say that. But listen, disobedience is a result of refusing to submit to the Word. That's what it is. When you refuse to Listen, God will keep His Word. But disobedience keeps that word from being fulfilled. Amen? And giving thanks and praise is the main branch that brings forth the fruit. Praising God, glorifying the Lord, and just worshiping the Lord. (laughs) Living a life of praise is the most enjoyable way to live. Get up in the morning praising God. Get in the car praising the Lord. Cook your meals praising the Lord. In my case, I eat the meals, praising the Lord. But we praise Him. Giving thanks and praise. Praise isn't the caboose that just follows what happens. (laughs) Are y'all still still here? Most people want to praise, Sister Francis after they see the results. They want to praise after... They feel good. They want to praise when they see the manifestation. Then they'll praise. But no, praise isn't the caboose. It's more like the engine of a train that makes things happen. Praise is important. There's a whole lot of scriptures in the Word about praise. You already to get your concordance out and just look up praise. And all through Psalms, you're going to find a whole lot of things about praise. All through the New Testament and the Old Testament, how God told them to praise the Lord. And so, uh, you know, we just got to praise. Your faith isn't complete without praise. Your faith is not complete without praise. We got to thank the Lord. Praise him. <laughs> Look at the Colossians 2.7. Paul said, as you therefore have received Jesus Christ the Lord, walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Praise affects you. It affects the devil. It affects God. Praise is something that's necessary. And as we do this, we're gonna. it's going to affect you. It'll affect the devil. It'll make the devil mad. It'll make him nervous when you start praising the Lord. Because he doesn't understand. He said, I thought I did something bad to them, and they're praising God. Hallelujah. The same preacher that did that crazy thing, you know. He got it one day. He said, you know what? He, this is what he taught his people. He said, no, you know, if you need a, a healing in your stomach, he said, just start praising God for touching that headache. Oh, thank you, Jesus. For t-. He said, you talk about confusing the devil. Amen. Somebody said, well, nah, nah, I don't know. About-. Hey, it worked. <laughs> Praise is important. Just praise the Lord. Amen. Well, he said, walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Amen. With thanksgiving. Let the Lord. So it affects us. And, and the Lord told his disciples the night before his crucifixion to not let their hearts be troubled. Remember when Jesus said, don't, don't let your hearts be troubled at what's getting ready to happen. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me, he told them. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Praise God. So victory's ours. Can you say praise the Lord? (laughs) And when the believer has these nutrients flowing through uh, the branches, you know, victory's real. Our victory's real. Victory is real in the name of the Lord. Now... We stand in the knowledge that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, 1 John 4 and 4. that, That scripture right there. Is a small scripture. You ought to memorize that and get it down in your heart and in your spirit and quote it every day. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is in, greater is he that's in my spirit than he that's in the world. Greater is my faith than any doubt the devil can throw my way. Greater is my healing than any sickness the devil can put on me. Greater is my blessings rather than any poverty the devil can bring. God's greater. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. Uh, in Ephesians, Paul said this, I, don't cease to give thanks. I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. This is Paul praying for the church that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that's named not only in this age but also in that which is to come. We're seated with Christ. We're we're above The things the devil's got. We're above it. And you he made alive. You he made alive. Ephesians 2. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. How many knows when you were dead in trespasses and sins? And once you walked according to the course of this world and according to the prince of the power of the air and the spirit who now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others, but God, who is rich in mercy... Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How many is ready to change the position you're in? Instead of groveling down here, let's get seated in the heavenly places. Amen. Where God wants us. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world. What? Even our faith. Our faith. Somebody said, You a faith preacher? Amen. I'm guilty. Because without faith it's impossible to please God. Because you've got to believe that God is and He's rewarded them that diligently seek Him. Amen. So the root system of faith is strong and will develop the other health branches. This is what we're talking about. And the revelation of the Word ignites that flame of faith that causes us to praise God, the revelation. And the results of this divine flow of revelation is faith ignited in our spirits and praise flowing from our hearts. And that created an atmosphere for miracles and answered prayer. Praise. Did you know that creates an atmosphere? Our praise in the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? I tell you what, I want to do this. We can boldly confess, I am a child of God. Let's all say it after me. I am a child of God. I possess His life. His joy, His peace, His power. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I'm a believer. I believe God's Word. How about you? I am what the Word says I am. We are what God says we are. I have what the Word says I have. And I can do what the Word says I can do. Hallelujah. Because I am what God says I am. I can do what He says I can do. Amen? God's on our side. I'm the righteousness of God. Amen. I've got these little confessions rolled out here. But you, know, you need to say them out loud to yourself. I'm the righteousness of God, a new creation, an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus. I've been delivered from the power of darkness. I've been translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm redeemed from sickness and disease and poverty and death. He never leaves me nor forsakes me. Since the greater one dwells within me, I can overcome every situation. The faith of God resides within me. It's in you too. And through it, I have the victory that overcomes the world. And I thank you, Father. How many thanks to Father today? I can have all these things, and I believe it in my heart, and I have released it with my mouth. So be it, it will surely come to pass in Jesus' name. Amen. God's Word is truth. Amen. God's Word is truth. We are what God says we are. And I'll tell you, this root of fellowship is important. Fellowship. It's more than eating cakes and pies. <laughs> fellowship. It's becoming one and united with the Lord. And, 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 and coercing with Him and, and just bonding with Him. That's fellowship in the Lord. And when you get that fellowship with God, it's easier to fellowship with one another. Praise the Lord. Amen. Listen, this root system of faith is real. God wants us to be strong, strong in the Lord. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and just thank Him tonight because your word's truth. Lord, we just praise you for it. Thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you, Lord, for your Word It's real. It's alive. It's alive. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. I tell you what, I just believe what God says. Amen. I believe what God says. How many knows it's by the Word of the Lord? Oh, by His Word. I have no fear in me. By His Word. I have the victory by His Word, by His Word, I've been set free. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many know it's by the Word? It's by the Word of the Lord. Father, we thank You tonight. Lord, even for those that have been watching by Facebook Live, God, You reach down right in that room where they are, wherever they might be watching or listening. Just let Your power flow through them. Let Your peace be ministered to them. Let Your joy rise up within them. God, we just speak the Word of healing and health to them in Jesus' name. And Father, we just give You praise. Just give You glory. Let them realize who they are in Christ. And God, let this Tap root of faith get down deep so that we can receive what you have for us in Jesus name in Jesus name God bless you see y'all Sunday Don't forget tomorrow at 10.30. 30 all the ladies can be here and and all you men can come join me for lunch if you want to